Welcome to podcast number three for the Mental Health Podcast. We have Mr. Adam Hoots and the Silver Fox himself, Jesse Hernandez here. Uh, Jesse joining us again, and we're excited to jump into it. So guys, uh, you know, we know the answer for us three. Let's start with Adam. Adam, what does mental health in the construction industry mean to you? What does mental health in the construction industry mean to me? Well, first off, I'm, I'm happy to be here. Thank you for allowing me to participate in this conversation. I listened to the first one with Schroeder. I got to catch up on the sentence on number two here. Um, but mental health in construction to me is something that we have not paid a whole lot of attention to, which is a damn shame. Um, we've got you know people who are dying on a daily basis in our industry whether it be from suicide or due to a lack of planning or stress or, you know, medical conditions or anything else that might result uh, as uh, that starts as mental health. And so I think it's gone for far too long, unnoticed, untalked about. Uh, and, and I do, I am starting to see some of that change here, which is exciting. So shout out to y'all for putting this together, making it happen. And um, yeah, I'm excited to participate. Yeah. Well, thank you for, for jumping on with us. What are some of those ways you've seen people start to contribute and, and make that push in the, in the industry? Well, just talking about it for one, right? Um, just bringing it up and, and uh, not, not allowing it to be a taboo subject. Um, I think you're starting to get a lot more people familiar with the term psychological safety. I think there's some work being done by some fantastic change makers out there. Again, including you two, uh, just simply talking about it is the first step. I think, you know, Jesse, what's the first step? It's acknowledging you have a problem. Isn't that the first step? Going to acknowledge. Uh, yep. And so once we recognize as an industry that we actually have an issue and it's something that we all need to talk about and, and, and then what, what's step two, Jess? <laughs> you got to accept. Ah, Right. You got to accept that you have a problem and then start seeking help. I mean, it's uh, I think largely we you can't ignore that we have a problem. Right. There is a mental health uh, gap. You know, mental health is a neutral thing because everybody has it. But because of the conditions that our industries in, we have a gap in terms of people self-medicate, you know, all the things that we're talking about. So like, you got to accept that we're aware of all the data out there. If you, if that doesn't make you aware, there's something wrong with you, but now you got to accept it so that we can take action on it. And I think the action element is the, probably the bigger, scarier, more intimidating, confusing piece, because what does action look like? And then people because the, we're responding to the data, to the statistics, it's this funny thing, right? Like now we know that we were our numbers in uh, suicide are atrocious, right? Uh, addiction, atrocious. Divorce, we don't even have those numbers, but I'll bet money that they're atrocious. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Like what? And then people are trying to figure out, like, what in the world are we going to do about this? Or at least accepting, like, we need to do something. And so, for example, you guys are doing something. This is the third third episode that we're recording on that you guys are recording on this. 
And there will be critics. Like, well, all you're doing is talking about it. What does that really accomplish? How is that changing the numbers? Well, brother, let me tell you, those numbers didn't happen overnight. Those numbers happened over decades. And so when it comes to action, what singular action is going to bring those numbers back to where they're honoring people? There is no singular action. We got to do everything, <laughs> whatever we can out on an individual basis, as a community and as an industry, we need all the damn ideas and we just need action right now. And so to echo Adam, you guys having this conversation, being in the situation that y'all are in, 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 like in terms of your career, you guys are very early on in your career and it is really a courageous move for y'all to recognize and publicly uh, broadcast these types of conversations because the five, like five years ago, Jesse would have said, man, what are these freaking snowflakes whining about? Suck it up, do your damn job. <laughs> yeah, For real. And, and so you're going to be facing that, but you're taking action. What are, what are the impacts? I don't know, but it, it's kind of like, you know, the goal that we had with the book is to impact one person's life. And if you can do that, which I promise you you're doing, you're doing it for me. Is you get y'all give me uh energy and motivation to continue with the messaging, then you're being successful. Then you're having an impact. Now in terms of moving the needle on all these statistics out there, we need a whole lot of other people doing a whole lot of stuff leveraging their knowledge, their experience, their expertise and their influence to make something happen. So I think what y'all are doing is just y'all are stoking the fire. Start that fire, baby, because we need it. And we need a whole bunch more fires out there so that people can get up and do something about this. Yeah, I think that, you know, the one thing about mental health, especially in construction, is the hard part, like you said, is is taking action, but talking about it because you don't want to be that guy, the one guy on the the job site that brings it up because then you're everyone else is going to look at you like, oh, dude, what are you talking about? Like, just. Like you said, go out there, do your job, let's get it going. But what's interesting, you know, um, we've been talking a lot with um, Sebastian and about uh, he's, he'll be coming on the show. I know you talked to him recently. And, you know, one thing that they're bringing up a lot is like, how do we change the, how do we change the, the physical features on a job site first to kind of help with it? And then from there, we can kind of talk a little about a little bit about further you know they're, they're really talking about like what if we added a place for everyone to sit at lunch so that you don't have to be on your phone you know alone secluded in your car right and maybe we can bring a community together and we can start there it's one like one little change that we can do that might make a bigger difference in someone's life because at the end of the day you're not going to know if someone's going through something if you don't know them personally right like you have yes. to have a relationship with someone in order to see how they change from day to day. And that takes time. It takes uh, community. It, ta it takes intentionality to do so. And that's only going to start if you can foster that community area, right, is, is an example. There's plenty of other examples, but that's just one of them. Yeah. Uh, on that note, I, I want to say, like, it's not all fire and brimstone. There are organizations out there, I know of one that has a standard of care, and there's minimum expectations of what they have to set the project up. One of those is a shared covered lunch area for the workforce on the job. 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. The 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 um, caliber of porta potties or whatever bathrooms, it, it there's a minimum expectation. So they have processes in place to to accommodate that. Now, what's interesting is like in the policy they have that, and just like cool. like it's just human nature. They go after jobs and, you know, the client or whatever, they may be out of budget. So they start squeezing things out. So that big, fancy air conditioned tent turns into an open tent, right? Like because they're, they have these budget constraints yeah. and it's interesting. Like, I think it's, it's a human thing. And, and this is where business can really come in and say, okay, we may not be making budget if the client has to pay for that. So we're going to absorb the cost. We like if you're going to have a minimum standard, maintain the freaking minimum, <laughs> right? Yeah. It, it's not minimum standard with an asterisk that says if the client will pay for everything. No, minimum standard is minimum. And so, like again, recalibrating people's minds to understand that these types of features are an investment in the mental health and mental wellness of our people. That's that's the shift. That's going to be the hardest shift to, to make out there. But again, the point of all that is there are organizations that are doing something like systemically doing something so that they can create a better environment for the people out there doing the work. And I, I think, too, you know, it's also how how creative can you be? Right. Because I uh, had the conversation today. Right. And so, you know, we have a job site, the one that I'm on now, and it's smaller. It's a smaller footprint. The, the building's large, but the job site itself smaller. So we can't necessarily have a large tent because we talked about it. Right. Having a large tent with tables is a common eating area. So how can we maybe let people eat in the building? I know that's a no, no in construction, but you know, how can we let them eat in the building, right? So they have that that shelter, that area. But the only thing is like you have to clean up. So that's where a culture change comes into. So how can we foster that culture on the job site now of like, hey, look, we want to be able to give you these things. You have to clean up after yourself. You have to help us out. But by doing so, like we want to we want to give you everything we possibly can. But there's some some give and take that you got to help us with, right? So you can be creative. You can find other alternatives, but it just takes everyone working together on the job site and not necessarily thinking about themselves all the time. Yes. I hear you all talking about systems, right? We have a system that is designed to give us the results that we're getting. And those results right now are terrible. We, we've said that a couple of times. I, I think one of the issues we have is <clears throat> the whole be professional side of things. Uh, I think Jesse's better half would say, that we just got to be human, right? Like that's the key to this whole thing is, is understanding that we are all human. I like what Jesse said earlier. We all have mental health, whether it's stable, whether it's unstable, there is some type of mental health going on, but there's this concept of <clears throat> like being professional, right? And being professional means you can't care about somebody else. Like when you come to the gate, it's, I'm not worried about where that person's using the restroom or where that person's eating, or if that person gets a phone, we don't have phone calls on this job site. And um, to me, it's deeper than that, right? It's, it, that's not being a professional, right? Being professional is actually going out of your way to care about the other people on the job or to remove the burden from the work on the project. And all of these things are weighing on, uh, our people. And, and, you know, we talk a lot about the mental health side of things, but 
physical health is also driving a lot of that same the same yeah. issues, right? That you have three and a half for, out of every hundred people that work in construction are getting physically hurt on a project. And so these are things that, you know, that just that, you know, are, we have jobs that are dangerous, dull, and dirty. And those, the three Ds, right? And when you start introducing that and putting humans in those conditions, it just naturally wears on, on your psyche. Sorry, I was writing that down. I like the three Ds, dangerous, dull, and dirty. I've never heard that before. So how can you take the the three Ds, right, and recognize it on a job site and and do something about it? Because that's the old, that's the whole problem here is that you have that. You you have job sites that are like that, right? Because the, the old saying goes that a clean job site is is a safe job site, is a good job site, whatever you want to say, right? But not a lot of people, some people don't care about that. So how can you go to these GCs and say, look, man, I know what you're doing now, but it's it's broken. It's a system that doesn't work and you're going to have to change their mind about it. And that's one of the big problems today is people are stuck in their ways. They don't want to change their mind or they want to pay for it or they don't believe in it. I'm kind of like Jesse. I'm, you know, I used to be like, oh, mental health, you know, get over it, get used to it. And now I'm coming to realize, hey, people are struggling. I've, I've seen it firsthand. I've, I've known people that committed suicide from it, you know, and it's like, it happens. It's something there that, that needs to be addressed. And it's something that we need to think about others from. So how do you go about correcting that? Yeah. The first I, thing I'm, I, I, this one's, this one tickles me a little bit because clean is relative, right? Clean. Do you, you, my office is clean, but I guarantee you there's a whole bunch of people that come up in here and say, man, you live like a pig. And so when we're talking about the job site, like clean is, I mean, I've worked, I've worked with so many, all the big contractors in the country, local contractors. And what I thought was clean 10 years ago was a disaster compared to what I've seen since then, where it's like, oh, like this is, man, this is like, so then, so the question is not necessarily how do we get it clean? The question is, what would it take to keep these concrete slabs home depot shiny because hmm. that's not a relative thought anymore everybody's been to home depot or lowe's it's a concrete slab just like a job site and that friggin' floor shines and i'll tell you guys i have seen it in construction open ditch now i shouldn't even say open ditch poured finished concrete right next to the next pour uh wide open dirt mud and that freaking concrete was shiny and so that's the question how what would it take to keep the floors home depot shiny because now we're not talking about this relative thing we know what we want it to look like what's it going to take to get there and and man a clean job site like yes yeah, safe and all that in terms of morale is priceless like there is the morale that people have not getting mud on their cords mud on their tools mud on the ladder mud under like it's a whole totally different experience. But we got to get away from this relative stuff. Like, I want it clean. Well, what the hell does that mean? Right? Let's give them a picture. Let's be clear about what winning looks like and then align our resources to achieve that. And it's right. going to take an investment. But key term is investment. The time and money spent on that is going to reap benefits. Because you're investing in the people. I mean, this isn't just 
you might be investing in more stone around the job site or more walk-off mats or something like that. But that also, that's an indirect investment into the people to make their lives better on a daily basis. And, you know, I've got, a, I've got a buddy of mine who I talk to quite often. He's got a program where he actually tries to improve the work in the field for the worker. And I would love to see some studies on how that's affecting cool. uh, mental health out there. I wonder who it is. Flirting with the PhD idea, he can study his behind off when he gets there. <laughs> I think that's to know each other. <laughs> well, I, no, I'm glad you brought. I'm going to go there real quick. So we I've, we've run this, we'll call it system, and production is improved. Woohoo! Right, safety goes up. That's awesome. Quality is improved. That's pretty good. I mean, those things are really awesome, right? That's what everybody wants to focus on and points their finger at. But I'll tell you, when there's two significant experiences I've had, a bunch of them, but these two really stand out. One was super recent, where the the trade the 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 leaders of the project, GC and trade partner, were out there actively putting in sweat to redesign the work for the people doing the work. The install team said, man, thank you. Nobody has ever asked me about my work. Mm. No one has ever suggested or even made me feel like I could ask for other things to make my work better. And they started having like we were there for multiple days. I think we covered a total of six days. Then they were just having like regular conversation. And then the team, the trade, and the GC leadership, they were joking and having fun. After they had been fighting and arguing and blaming each other for the problems that they were having. So one of the like for me, that is the most meaningful outcome in that the relationships are improved by virtue of improving the work. They were actively learning and improving the work so they can get their schedule and so they can get their production rates and all that good stuff. But the relationships that were developed, the divide that was demolished, happened as a result of that interaction. The other one was uh, I got to work with a gentleman who was who was about to retire. We redesigned some stuff. We put it into play for him. He he did his job. He was smiling, giving us thumbs up. This was before I like had any awareness of I should have a camcorder all the time when we're doing this. Um, and then the next day we seen him, we say, hey man, how, how, like, how's it going? He's like, guys, I had the best night's sleep last night that I've had in years. Cool. He said, I went home. I didn't pass out on my lazy boy like I normally do. I was able to help my wife clean up the kitchen. I was able to play around with the grandkids. I was able to spend time and listen to my, I didn't pass out and I'm not aching and tossing and turning. It's like, I've never had that kind of sleep or that kind of evening in 40 years. And he was about to retire. And so those are the things, like, did we improve output? Yes. Did we improve production? Yes. Like all those things happen as a result of redesigning the work to better serve the men and women that are doing it. Um, and, and that's an investment, but it can have tremendous impact and it's scalable, like, but we've got to take the time. And so we have these pressure constraints, schedule push or schedule pressures. 
And and what do we do, right? We're trading time for time <laughs> and and trading in this minute so that I can work six more minutes right? as opposed to let me trade this minute in so I can continue working my, what what is it? Uh, Schroeder says 55. If you're not, if you're working more than 55 hours, yeah. you're not a very good superintendent. I like that. That's a challenge, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's a challenge. Um, and there's ways to get there, but we've got to take the time to, to learn, study and, and connect with people. Yeah. I think that's good. If, if I can, I want to paint a picture for our audience. So we've talked about a lot of different things. I, for me, I've heard a lot of different things. Adam talked about how he said people are dying in our industry, right? Um, Jesse mentioned that action is often the scarier piece. For people that don't know, because um, our audience is mostly people our age, younger, looking to get in construction, painting a picture, um, this is a male-dominated industry. And think about this from you're, you're in a tradesman. You move job to job. You're disconnected from your family. You don't have a sense of community. You have irregular ad- hours. Your sleep, you're, you're deprived because you're working. I've been told I got to work eight hours, and actually I'm working 12 today. And the next day, I don't know how long I'm going to be working because the schedule's no. pushing on me. You have a bad diet. You're eating junk food. Um, you're eating a bunch of processed food. You're exhausted just physically, right? And then if you do that years and years and years and years, your body is just worn out. Um, there's seasonal layoffs in certain parts of the country, right? If you work in the winter, you may not have a, a job of construction. So you're waiting until the next three months goes away and I'm back in construction again. Um, high stakes, right? There's pressure, anticipation and, and on every move. Um, you numb yourself because of all the other things we've talked about. And then some people turn to self-medicating with alcohol, drugs, porn, women, wh- whatever it is, right? And so when you think about all that, and then you say that we don't have a problem with mental health in our industry, I really want to just punch whoever in the face that says that, you know, there's nothing going on with people on a job site today. People are just like aching to be relational with other people, to be willing to go, hey, Walker, how's your day? What's going on? What'd you do last night? Are, are you married? Like, what's something about you that I can remember? And like, just be a human, right? If you do that to a tradesman or a tradeswoman, um, they'll do anything for you because you actually took the time to know a little bit about them. And so getting back into what Jesse was talking about, um, if you're, if you are a general contractor and, and you have the opportunity to to walk the job site and just know the tradesmen and women, just take time and ask about their day. Ask about how they do their work. Like, is there anything we could do to help you? Say those things and, and, and mean it and actually care about the other human being. You would be amazed at what that what the result you would get. And don't do it just to get something out of it. Do it because you genuinely care about someone. And so um, another thing I just that pops into my head, um, you talked about how action is a scarier is a scarier piece. Like I had to learn in my own life that the only person in charge of Davis Hambrick is Davis Hambrick. I I can't change Walker Law, Adam Hoots, or Jesse Hernandez, right? And so the only thing I can do is take action in my own life and hope that I live a good influence and, and try to. I can try to convince my friends, uh, the people that are around me, and, and tell them my views on things. But the only action I can take is in myself. And so I have to get used to actually taking that action instead of just saying, oh, I'm going to do that when I get there. Right. And so I only know I'm going all that. But I just I think about it from a perspective of uh, five years ago, like you said, I would have told people to shut up and stop talking about it. Let's get to work. Right. 
let's freaking get calluses on our hands. Let's let's get some sweat going. Like, let's get to work. Why are we still here talking about it? But then when you think about it, you put yourself in someone else's shoes, being relational, getting to know them. You really you learn something new and then you take back, you, you take something home with you and you go, wow, you know, what if I was like that every single day? What if I had to go through that pain? What if I had to self-medicate every night? I'm thankful. I'm very thankful that I don't have to I have a amazing wife. You know, I get to stay at a job site for a year and a half, two years. I work for a GC, right? I don't have to move every three or four months, but there's some people that just don't get that. And I think if, if you're a general contractor and the first thing that happens in conflict is you yell at someone because you want someone to meet the schedule, something's wrong in yourself. Like, like Jason said last, last time, Walker, hurt people hurt other hurt people, right? Like they're hurting themselves. And so you need to take a step back and look at yourself and go, what's going on in my own life that that's how I respond. Yeah. I think, you know, you, you, one thing that you said that we got to see which really led to the no BS with Jen and Jesting was we were live streaming and we were having real conversations about what the hell we are, what we're dealing with, where we're coming from. And people responded and people started sharing intimate details about things that they were dealing with in the chat, like on the Omniverse, on YouTube, on LinkedIn, where everybody can see it. They were sharing. We've talked to several people. They're sharing things online that they wouldn't share anywhere else like how crazy is it's not crazy but like that's a big deal because they felt comfortable with us comfortable enough to come and be vulnerable that's awesome but it sucks why does it suck because they have no other venue where they feel comfortable enough to go and share that part of themselves yeah it's so absent that they're doing it on a live stream. That's the that's the conundrum of it. And so, Davis, so you were talking, like, we don't have to take massive action. All we have to do is talk to somebody. Where do the relations, like, think you just got married. Walker, you're walking on the edge. Mm-hmm. You're, 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 you're coming up soon, right? So do y'all, did, do you and your fiance, did y'all have, like, conversations before y'all decided to kiss and get married or did y'all just hey let's get married yeah conversations conversations for sure right so my point in that is the relationship lives in the conversations because without the conversations there's no connection there's no reason to to go back to you i've had conversations with people that i know i don't want to spend time with them and then I've had conversations with people like, man, I want to keep talking to that person. The ones that I really, really go back to are the ones that let me do more talking than they do. Why? Because they're, I feel like I'm being listened to. And so, Davis, you nailed it. Talk to some, have a conversation with somebody, mm-hmm. not a performance conversation, not a corrective conversation, like a human conversation. Introduce yourself. Be curious, get to know something about them. Five minutes, 10 minutes, right? Because that makes me feel human when somebody listens to me and demonstrates that they're interested in me and move on and then do it again. Like it's not a big, gigantic deal, but we have these, like like Adam was saying earlier, this idea around professionalism that means 
I mean, we ain't playing football, man. We're not wearing different uniforms. We're all trying to build this damn building together. Like we're a team. Mm -hmm. So why don't we get to know each other? I mean, have you ever been on any competitive team where you didn't have conversations with the people that were helping you win the damn game? But in construction, we won't have those conversations because I'm GC or I'm the foreman, I'm the helper, I'm the apprentice. Like we, we got it backwards, man. And we just need to, at the very least, Davis, like your time for the audience members out there, the followers of Lane Foundation, if you're early in your career, have a conversation and get to know the person. Let them move their mouth more than you do and do that every day. Like that's not hard. But it's that scary action thing, right? Well, I've never done it before. Okay. How many times did you kiss another person? You probably sucked the first time, but you kept doing it. Same thing. Just start talking to people. Get to know people. Jesse's thinking about kissing. All right. I hear you. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I'm feeling romantic, (laughs) y'all. I I think it also comes to, you know, the the age-old adage, you are who you spend, you are whoever you spend, the five people around you that you spend the most time with, that's who you are, right? I couldn't couldn't get that out, but you know what I'm talking (laughs) about. And, and so in construction, right, you're you're around the same people every single day. And if you're hanging around the same people every single day who believe the exact same thing as you, who don't want to talk, who don't want to get to know each other, who just kind of go about their day, then that's how you're going to be, right? You you need to have some commitment to yourself to find those around you because they're there. I personally know a lot of people on job sites who are incredible human beings, right? Who I could I could have a conversation with and tell them many things and and trust that that was going to stay right there. But you have to you have to go and and talk to people like you're saying. You have to find the people. You have to get to know them, right? Davis and I have a relationship. We can tell each other anything. We can call each other out. We make each other better. Same with me and a couple of other of my friends, right? But if I was hanging around people who didn't want to talk, who didn't challenge me, who didn't want to get better, who just complained about the day, came, did their job, left home, drank, did whatever, did drugs, and that's eventually who I would become because that's the time that you spend. Your time is very valuable. So who are you choosing to spend your time with every day? And you know how can you get out of that bubble and just go and talk to someone new? Because you're never going to be able to change your situation if you don't go out there and talk and learn and get another circle of people who can build you up. Like this group right here, we all can build each other up, right? You're not going to tear each other down. We're not going to say nasty things. We're not going to curse at each other or do things that none of us would want, you know, someone else to do you. Like you're you're, you're yes, going to <laughs> Silver Fox, right? The banana hammock. We'll keep that <laughs> offline. But <laughs> you need to have a group that's going to make you better. And I think that's really lacking in the construction industry, especially um because it's it's not something that you talk about it's not something that people want to do because it's uncomfortable it's it's easier to stay where you are than it is to get better totally oops you have something i'm just i'm just thinking i mean i'm a product of everything we're talking about right like me personally i traveled for the first 17 years of my career um, <clears throat> constantly away from the family, eating bad, like everything you said had substance abuse problems, have my body is like dying on me right now. And so 
I am literally a product of what you're talking about. I've had four of my friends who have died by suicide in this industry. And you stop and think about that. And man, um, it's just unacceptable. Like it's, it's not okay. And I'm, so I'm sitting here like stuck on the question and maybe Jesse can help me get the question out of my head, but what is it about mental health that makes a person so inferior to others if they just admit or they're vulnerable with it? Mm. Why is that the case? I think for men, it's like the weakness side, right? Like to me, and this is, you know, sorry, this is where I'm going, but this is biblical for me. The ultimate example of who a man was, was Jesus. And so um, ultimately I think that's the answer, but you know, I don't know how to answer it without going there, but um, you know, what we define manhood to me from the culture, from what the world tells us is completely wrong. It's just completely wrong. And yeah, meaning only, you're tough. You don't cry. You, yeah, all of these, yeah, right. And I mean, you can be tough, right? That's fine. But if that's the only emotion you show, or that's the default, when like like we keep talking about, God made us relational, right? Like I'm a man, and Walker knows I've cried. Probably he's probably seen me cry more than any he's seen other, any other man cry. That's just who I am, right? And like. I used to think think for the longest time, like, God, like, why do I always freaking cry all the time? Like, and I'm not just like, like a walking basket case, but like <laughs> when there's real meaning, like, guys, I, I, I am like, Jesse's seen me cry. Like, it's just part of it. I, I feel deeply. I love people. And I used to not be like that. I used to be freaking hard day. And I used to just not, I don't know. I just used to be this tough dude. And so what changed me is, is my relationship with Christ. So, but I think that we think manhood has to be this tough guy. You got to cuss. You got to dip. You got to you gotta tell people and talk bad about women. You got to just, uh, I, I can do everything and I can't ask for help. And it's just not the case. No, you can be a person that's kind, that cares about other people. And to me, have humility, have respect for one another, have compassion, even say, man, I love you. And guess what? I'm not meaning that in like a same sex type of way. I just mean it like, man, I love you like a brother because you are right. Those type of things, if I see that in another person, I will freaking run through a wall for you. I will literally go fight every freaking breath that I have. I'll go do it. Like, I'll, I'll get after it because now I'm seeing the real you because I see a lot of people on the job site every single day that say they are who they are in front of everybody. And then when I get alone with them, they're completely different. And that drives me up the wall because they're too scary to be vulnerable and take a step and just be them. But I know. I have to be me no matter what, which is fine, but I have to show them day in and day out, no matter what, I am Davis Hambrick. I'm not going to be a different. I'm the same person with Jesse Hernandez that I am with my wife, that I am with my grandma. That's just who I am. And so we have to get to the point where we're okay with saying, hey, I can't work 10 hours a day because I'm exhausted. I didn't sleep great. Whatever the case may be, I argued with my wife last night, so I need to spend time with her tonight. Whatever it is, right? Be a man and tell them that. Not, oh, I'm going to be a man and just tough everything out and I'm going to get through it and get to the point where literally all these things, the bad sleep, bad diet, exhaustion, not taking care of my body, not going to the doctor, like for heaven, for like, I, like it, it, you get looked down upon if you go to the doctor. Really? I get looked down upon because I'm going to get blood work and I'm going to go get my back looked at because I'm actually hurting. Like, what does that even mean? 
Like, what world is this? I'm just like, it doesn't make sense. And so, to me, I, if you can't tell, I'm very frustrated because I felt this, and I've only been here for a few years, and you just you feel it from, um, you know, Jason calls it the old guard, right? It's not just old people, but the old guard in construction, and they don't, they think less of you because I am the way that I am. But to me, they're in it for the short term. I'm in it for the long term. I'm thinking about what I could do with this person beside me for the long term. If I can take one thing and invest in that person, he can take it home and he can replicate it and do something a little bit better. That's what I'm thinking about. Like I care more about Jesse, Adam, and Walker in y'all's own life than you know your actual job. And maybe that's bad. I don't know. But I, I don't know what I'm saying again. But again, like to me, we define manhood completely opposite. And I would challenge any person if you think a man is being, again, that I got to have a dip in my mouth and I'm not picking fun of you, Jesse, because you're dipping right now, but just, and I got to cuss, and I got to talk down about people, but, but man, like if that's what you think manhood is, I would challenge, come talk to me. I would love to have a debate and argument with you or just talk to you about it because that's not what manhood is. Well, I think, I mean, it, there's a lot to it. I mean, Adam, you, you threw the match in this freaking bonfire, uh, it starts it starts young right and so like let's just cut that out all the stuff that happens before we get into this industry that happens that's a different argument talking like societal's view on what a man is yeah so so like let's leave that out because I'm not trying we're talking about the mental wellness in the construction industry so let's all that other stuff cut it out it is a male populated industry now Adam, you talked about systems earlier. And so coming up as a plumber, I was rewarded for how much I could install. I was rewarded for the quality, the low, like no leaks, the amount of output I can install. So my identity ends up becoming, it's a human thing. My identity gets attached to that thing. Now, if I go to the doctor, what am I not doing? I'm not installing. If I'm not installing, what do I lose? I lose the recognition. I lose the status. I lose that. Yeah. So what am I going to do? Well, I'm going to focus on freaking installing. Right? So the system, the way the system is designed is such that there are these things that I get celebrated for. And because I'm going to get raises, I'm going to get promotions, all of that stuff is connected to my physical performance. What am I going to cut out? The human stuff. I think that's just a natural effect of whatever it is, right? I'm sure there's some kind of benefit to being like in a a romantic relationship. There's certain behaviors, certain things you need to do that give you some kind of reward. Otherwise, the three of y'all wouldn't be in them. I don't know how to do those things, right? And I don't need those things, so it's good. But that's a joke. But the point is, my identity, and I'll expand, our identity in the industry get connected to our ability to perform. When I worked 18, 20, 20, there was a shutdown one time. We were 27 hours straight. I was the only one that worked that whole thing. You know how much praise I got for that years after that stupid little job? And so many of us do that. 
And so our identity gets wrapped up in all of these things that we do in sacrificing our body, sacrificing our sleep, sacrificing our wellness, and it gets celebrated forever and ever and ever. So for me to go like, guys, you know what? I, I, I ain't been to the doctor in years because for me, it's like, why? Like, I'm fine. I ain't falling apart. I mean, except for my therapist, I talk to my therapist every month, but that was a big leap for me too, because well, let me be clear. I've had several therapists. All of them were court mandated. This is the only one that I'm paying for because I chose to pay for. The other ones, the state of Texas made me talk to them. <laughs> and so, but I gained benefit from them. And because of that, I'm like, you know what? I need to get me a therapist. And it, but it was, it wasn't hard to find the number. We had this online 800 number the company offered. And I said, hey, these are things I need help with. And they, sent me an email and I called them and like, that was easy. The hardest part was me dialing that phone number mm. because what did that say about me? Mm. Right. What did that mean that I needed help? Because picking up a 10 foot joint of six inch cast iron, I could do that by myself. I ain't asking nobody for help, but dialing that phone, that was one of the hardest things it took that I had to overcome to access the help that I needed with my thinking and with the way things were happening. And so, again, being a male populated industry, most of us experience that. And year after year after year, if, you know what? If you finish a job on time, beat it by 20% in terms of budget and schedule and never work overtime, you know what people are going to say? They're going to say, well, why didn't you work harder? You could have brought it in better. They're not going to say, Hell yeah, congratulations, well done. The only time you're going to get a congratulations, well done, is when you work crazy ass hours and run yourself ragged. And so there's that, that, that reward system, that social, we'll just say that, the social reward system within our industry reinforces uh, maladjust, maladjusted behavior that doesn't serve us long term. And then, I mean, <laughs> Davis, all the stuff that you listed, it was probably an eight to one ratio in terms of like legal things. You didn't even get to drug abuse until the very, very end. And you had like one or two of those things like poor diet, no exercise, no sleep, all of those things. How many of our people are living in those conditions right now? And it's yeah. not sustainable. Like yeah. they, <laughs> how many of our people in our industry have are diabetic, have high blood pressure, have all these other things that are contributing to their wellness. We don't even know. I'll bet money right now I got high blood pressure. Mm. I don't know because I ain't gone to the doctor. Why? Because that's not cool. And so there's 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 uh, there's a lot of work to be done. Um, and if at the very least we focus on how do we treat people like humans, I think that's going to be some tremendous progress. Man, I got high blood pressure from getting fired up. So. <laughs> That, that, that's two of us there. So why are the people in senior leadership, why do you think they view it in a way where, man, I'm going to praise you only if you work crazy hours and if you get it done two months ahead? Why is it, man, I used to be in that position. I remember being worked out or worked and ragged and rampant and just not having any resources and just having to figure it out. And we we, we did it together. But why do you think they don't in turn go back and go, man, I remember being there. You know, it's just like Jason said, hurt people, hurt people. 
or they don't they that's the only way they know so again i don't want to like i i, I want to make sure that I'm, I'm not coming across as critical because i think if the only way i know to to raise a child is to to whoop them because that's all i experienced and there ain't no licenses to be a parent right all i got to do is get somebody pregnant and kind of hang around I'm going to do the same thing because I don't know any other way. And it's the best way I know how. So if take that dynamic and bring it into the workspace where people have progressed through their career, right? And now they're the big dogs they are the ones calling the shots. They got there by doing what the people did before them. They behave the same way. They, they sacrificed the same things or rather neglected the same things to the same degree. And so all they know is this formula got me here. So this is the formula you need to follow because they don't know any other way. Now, there are some, very few, but there are some progressive leaders. And I want to say leaders, not companies, because companies are all branding like they're saying, doing this stuff. They're not. They're messaging it. But it comes down to the specific leader, the individuals. And there are progressive leaders that are saying, hey, man. You need to take time off. I've had a leader that said, okay, you don't know how to take time off. I'm going to make you take time off. Like, that was a, a shocker, but I needed that. That ain't the way he came up, but because he was a progressive thinker, he knew that I needed to go and recharge. And so back to the action thing, we can start by talking. And once we keep talking, there's got to be a point where we elevate our game just a little bit. And so by just talking, how about we help somebody take time off? If you've got direct reports and they're not taking time off, what would it take for you to help them, like make them take time off? <laughs> That's a foreign thought. Very, very, very. I mean, I've been in the industry for a long time. I had one leader do that for me. And that was only in the last eight years. Before that, they were like, wow, man, you, you, you're dedicated. You're committed. But that's all they know, right? Like that's just I think that's what it is. They that's all they know. So of course they're gonna repeat what worked for them. And and they really mean well. Like for real. It just it just it's no longer applicable. Yeah. No, and first of all, that's awesome. I, I've never seen anyone do that before. So kudos to him for noticing when you're getting burned out. But I think that's what we need more, right? I mean, that's what that that's what the construction industry needs because they they do lag behind or we lag behind a lot of industries a good bit in terms of technology sometimes but also just how are you going to manage the overall business aspect of it and the people aspect of it because now you see right you see a lot of companies they're doing work from home and you got all these different benefits at at work and some companies give you car washes and oil changes and free gyms and all this kind of stuff right and in construction some companies might do it right i know my buddy gets a free crossfit membership because it's right next to the office um but you know it, it just it depends on the company it depends on how much they value their employees and what do they truly care about right and so as we wind down, um, you know, Adam, Jesse, Davis, what are your, your final thoughts on this? And what are the, the steps that us listening can take in order to further help those around us that maybe we haven't mentioned yet? I'll say I'll go first and let the, let the, the old men think here. But I like 
always having a good morning routine, right? Like, well, I can go back to this. If I don't sleep well, then I don't start my good my, my, yeah. my morning routine off right. So to me, I prioritize sleep. And probably to my wife, it's probably obnoxious. She's probably like, dude, like, okay, I get it. You got to go to sleep, but just shut up about it. Okay, like, we'll go to bed. But I, I have to get, at minimum, seven hours of sleep. That's my minimum. That, that's, that's it. If I'm not, the next day, I'm going to work out harder. I'm a jerk in the morning. You know, I have to pound three cups of coffee, you know, just to get going. And it just delays from there. And so I always try to get seven hours of sleep. I always do something in the morning, reading, uh, have a quiet time. And I, then I like to work out and eat breakfast and then go to work, right? That's usually what I like for me to help me mentally. Whenever I wasn't doing that, whenever I was staying up till midnight and just doing whatever I wanted and going to three cups of coffee and eating whatever I did and not taking any time to just be quiet and just be still and, and to take time to think about my day and to listen and think about and pray for other people. That That's not self-centered. Like Jesse, you mentioned before that it's still, man, it still struck me. The moment I get in my life when I think about myself less is a really important part of my life because I'm now, yes, I'm David Samford. I got to take care of myself and I do that, but I'm here to serve people, man. I'm here to do whatever I can for other people. And my life is no longer my life. Like I want to help other people. I am here on this earth to help other people. And the sooner I understand that I need to get there, the better I am. I think I live because I'm serving other people. I get joy whenever I hear about Jesse's day, a Walker's day, or Adam's day, because I genuinely care about the human on the other side of this camera. Until you, once you get there, man, it's life changing. The metrics are bad. The results are, um, they really speak for themselves and we've got to do something about it. And we've talked about owning the problem uh, and then accepting the problem and then doing something about it. So I think today, everybody that's listening to this could say, yeah, we have an issue in construction with mental health. We have it's unacceptable, right? People are dying and they don't have to be dying. Our systems are putting them in these, be vocal about it, right? Don't run around like Davis, the basket case, telling everybody all of your problems, right? Because then you do become a liability, but be open, be, be, uh, use your emotional intelligence to recognize a situation that needs to be uncovered. Right. And then ask the question, man, like go and just, hey, how are you? And ask it in such a way where it's not like, how are you? You're walking by, but like, how are you? Like, I really, really want to know how you're doing right now. And when we can do that once a day, I think we'll start to move in a better direction and the metrics will create, will correct itself. And so we've, we've to quote Mr. Armando, we're going to keep doing the same thing. We're going to keep getting the same thing, right? If we're going to keep doing what we're doing, we're going to keep getting what we're getting. And so let's change something. Let's try something. If that means acknowledging your own shortcomings on a job, if that means, um, you know, looking out for somebody, or if that means just simply posting a, a suicide number on your job site, every action is, is worth doing. It could save a human's life. So that's, that's kind of where I'm at. But the, the numbers aren't lying. And we, as construction leaders, it's time to act and do something about it. 
Yes. I'll say we can, I'll say it this way first. I contribute to every success and every failure that I experience. And I believe that's true for everybody else. And because I took ownership of the fact that I contribute to every success and every failure I experience, that means I have some agency over what I will be experiencing. Because I have agency, I can design my life such that I can serve in the manner I believe I am best designed to serve. Now, by design, what I mean is I've had a job I hated. It sucked the life out of me. But I had to do that job to pay for all the shiny crap that I bought. The shiny stuff was not bringing me joy. Mm -hmm. So I had to adjust my, my, uh, where I was spending my money so that I could choose the work that I was going to do, choose the people I was going to do it with, and choose the leaders that I would support. That took a long time for me to get there. And so for folks that that are at your age, early in their career, start now to do, avoid <laughs> um, the financial hooks that will force you to do work that sucks the joy out of your life. And that's what I mean by you can design your life. What are you doing that keeps you in the position that you're in, that keeps you with the leader that doesn't appreciate you or demonstrate appreciation for anybody, that keeps you with the company that turns a blind eye to all kinds of, we'll just say nonsense that shouldn't be happening within that organization. You're there by choice. I'm not saying that it's an easy thing to go quit your job and get another one. But you can decide, decide to redesign your life and go pick a leader, an organization that demonstrates the values that are going to heal our industry. That's, what it, that's one thing anybody can do starting today. That's awesome. Man, that, that's, that's fantastic advice for anyone listening. Guys, thank you all for joining us for the third installment of the Mental Health uh, Podcast for March. Um, if whoever's listening, if you made it this far, kudos. I uh, hope you did. Uh, if you need anything, contact at lane-foundations.com or reach out to any one of us, right? Me, Davis, Hambrick, Adam Hoops, Jesse Hernandez, you name it. We'd be happy to talk to you, help you out, uh, point you in the right direction resource-wise. Looking forward to talking to you guys again soon. Catch yeah. you next time. Likewise. Peace. Peace. Manana, manana.